0: You're listening to Weld Found, a podcast about connection in an age of division. In this space, we present compelling stories of community, interest, and generosity. I'm your host, Tim Coons. The trumpet you're hearing is my friend, Craig Basserich warming up. He stayed at my house last year, and I had a chance to interview him for today's show and capture some of his playing. By the way, if you ever have a professional trumpet player staying at your house, It's an excellent way to wake up your kids in the morning. This show is made possible by the Weld Community Foundation, who encourages us to spread the good. Come find out who the foundation is and what it does for Weld County at WeldCommunityFoundation.org. A quick reminder that Gives Day, Colorado Gives Day is December 8th. This is the day when all of Colorado is challenged to give where you live. There are dozens of nonprofits who serve Weld County, from senior care to the arts to homes to basic needs to veteran services, nonprofits enrich so many aspects of our life. Go to gives.org. That's weldco, or C-O, gives.org. Schedule your end-of-the-year donation to a nonprofit today. With that, let's begin our show. Friends, I love November, the falling leaves and the first snows, and I really love Thanksgiving. It's an uncomplicated holiday. I love the other holidays this time of year too, but Thanksgiving keeps it simple and a little less commercial. We gather with those we love for a big meal in gratitude. I want to take a moment to step back and look at this November because it's a full one. We've had an election. We've observed Veterans Day. We have Thanksgiving. As I step back and reflect, I find I'm really so thankful. I'm thankful for democracy and for this nation, for the chance to vote and elect leadership. It's an idea I've lived with my whole life, maybe taking it for granted sometimes. I'm thankful for veterans. I'm thankful for those in service, the public service of protecting our nation. I'm thankful for my country, county, my city, family, and friends, I'm thankful for the ways that I've seen Weld County, our school systems, our businesses, especially our hospitals, navigating this strange time of a pandemic. I'm filled with gratitude. Being honest, I'm a little tired too, worn out, because this year has been a lot to navigate. But I'm thankful, very thankful. These are the thoughts that I'm holding on to as we head into the conversation I'm presenting today. I interviewed my best friend Craig Bassridge for Weld Found last year. He's a trumpet player who did his undergrad at UNC here in Greeley. I'm a musician too, and Craig and I we, we played together quite a bit. In fact, the trumpet you're hearing right now is a recording that he and I did together. He got his master's at the University of Maryland, and then he auditioned for the United States Army Band. He's one of Pershing's own. That's the name for a collection of players that play for all branches of government and to a wide spectrum of national and international events in support of soldiers and their families. My friend, Craig, is one of the trumpet players who now sounds taps at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. As a musician myself and a civilian, I found this fascinating. I wanted to talk with him about it. What's it like to play this singular song that's less than a minute long in such a space of honor and gravity day after day? Here now is our conversation. It feels like the right time to share it, full of thanks for democracy and veterans who've served, and also closing out this big, weighty year of 2020, laying it to rest and saying, lights out. Welcome, my friends, to Well Found.
1: My name is Craig Bassrich. Uh, I am a Staff Sergeant in the United States Army, and I am a trumpet player and bugler for the United States Army Band Pershing's Own. Per- so General General Pershing uh, founded, helped found the band um, after hearing the quality and morale-boosting abilities of bands in Europe during World War I. Uh, our unit, our element, so the ceremony, I'm attached to the ceremonial element within Pershing Zone. There's multiple different organizations. Um, the ceremonial element I want to say is, oh uh, I want to say 16 to 18 buglers, trumpet players. And then the concert band is six, the jazz band is five. There's a lot of trumpet happening in that building. Yeah. No, it's great. It's great. This interview is me. You don't need to like put this in, but this is like me as a civilian and as a individual discussing my role within the United States Army, not the views and opinions of the United States Army.
0: Sure. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd have to have a
1: third party. Yeah, there'd be a lot of hoops to jump through and paperwork to fill out. (laughs) Government paperwork's really great. So the, ceremony, the ceremonial unit of the U.S. Army Band provides musical support for um, basically any major ceremony happening uh, within the military district of Washington and at times um, throughout the U.S. and abroad. Um, we provide musical support primarily for funerals within Arlington National Cemetery. Um, we provide musical support for promotion ceremonies, retirement ceremonies, uh, any major state visit that happens Um, things of that sort. And within that, um, we are the buglers that are attached to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier within Arlington National Cemetery. Um, If you've ever been to the tomb, you understand the absolute power um, that that space has. It truly is sacred ground. Um, And we are honored to be the musicians that participate in wreath-length ceremonies and sound taps um, over the Unknown's every time a wreath is laid. Um, so what that looks like is there's the, they do a changing of the guard ceremony, um, which happens depending on the time of year, every hour or half hour, and then immediately on the hour after the, cha- the changing of the guard, um, guests that have uh, volunteered to lay wreaths will come, and they'll come out, and there's a whole ceremony that we do. Um, they'll come down the steps uh, onto the onto the mat, essentially, of, of the tomb. And uh, we'll have a chance to lay a wreath in honor of the unknowns. Um, at that point, the Sentinels will call everybody to present arms. And there's just a general feeling of silence. Um, there, You know, you could hear a pin drop. And at that time, the bugler sounds taps, um, honoring the unknowns. And, and that concludes the ceremony. So taps has been sounded since the Civil War. Um, I want to say... Originally it was referred to as lights out. So it it signified the end of the day. Um, It was like the last, that's the, that's the last throughout a military work day. There are bugle calls to signify everything from, you know, waking up to yeah. Reveille, which is wake up. And then there's, there's mess call. There's literally, there's like, there's a bugle call because initially before there were speakers, that was how military bases operated is you'd hear mess and you'd say, Oh, time for breakfast. That's the bugler, you know, and then on a, on a military battlefield during the civil war and, things of that sort, the bugler sounded things like charge and sounded things like retreat and, and all sorts of
0: that sort of stuff. Like that, you, you would hear a bugler would do all of those things. I asked Craig to play some of these bugle calls that he's talking about. So first, here's mess call.
1: Yeah, I'll give you and I'll give you first call. First call is you you first call is familiar. Yeah. Um, but it's it's essentially the one that like this is the bugle call that would tell people it's time to go to formation. Okay. So taps has been happening since the Civil War. Um, I want to say shortly thereafter started signifying um, the end of, you know, as as it is the end of the military workday. It also is the last part of a military honors funeral, or it's it's the it is the last part of the honors ceremony um, honoring a fallen soldier. Uh,
0: representing sundown.
1: Representing sundown. Prior to the presentation of a folded flag to the next of kin. Um, yeah, the bugler. So, in a, in a typical military funeral, there's presentation of the flag, and then a small, you know, a small sermon or a, a speech of some kind is given by a chaplain, and then immediately after that, there's the 20, the firing party, uh, three volleys, the twenty-one gun salute, and then immediately following that is Taps. There are lyrics to Taps. Taps has Taps has words that have been set to it, and I would really like to to read them, because when I so when I play Taps. Um, I find myself, especially on the last, so when you listen to taps, there's the kind of, you could call it the climax. It it goes up to the highest note and then slowly comes down. And to me, that is from the highest note of taps to the end of taps is really signifying that's the end. Like that is when you play that for a military family that's burying a loved one, that is the last. Those are the last moments of honoring that person that the military will give that family, um, which is really, really powerful. Um, and I think about the words.
0: It's the closing. It's the amen.
1: Essentially, yeah. Um, so I'll read through. I'll read through all of the all of the words to taps here. Day is done. Gone the sun, from the hills, from the lake, from the skies. All is well safely rest, God is nigh." You can really, when you hear Taps, you can hear. And I sing it, truly, I'll, I will sing it in my head as I'm playing that part of, of, of the, the song, you could say.
0: Craig is going to play Taps for us in a moment, and I want us to listen to him play it and give it some space. But setting this up, I want to give you the gist of the melody with these words first, because as Craig said, they are simple and powerful. So let me briefly sing this for us. Day is done, gone the sun. From the hills, from the lake, from the skies. All is well, safely rest. God is nigh. As Craig plays for us now, let's hold on to these words. And alongside that, let's hold on to some of the things we talked about in the beginning of this episode, For this short piece of music, 24 notes, let yourself have some space to be thankful for our country, democracy, for veterans, and maybe even expanding this being thankful for those who have served us to help us get through this year in particular as well. Here's Craig playing taps. I asked Craig a few more questions, wanting him to share just a little bit about the power of music. Playing at the Tomb of the Unknowns, this is a meaningful moment, but it's also the same song you play over and over. How do you stay engaged? Music, in and of itself,
1: is this communicative thing, and it and it. There are music does a good job of does an amazing job of uh, representing emotion in ways that words can't. But at times, when you find the intersection of word and music. It can really have some substantial weight. Yeah. What's what's amazing to me, your brain creates synapses, drawing connection between emotions and sounds. Does the same thing with sense, and does the same thing with tastes. Um, when you go, when you get married, you have your first dance. And having played a bunch of weddings, when that song is played, that couple dances for the first time, and for the rest of their lives, when they hear that song, they immediately remember their wedding. When we have the honor of sounding taps at a military funeral, um, the 24 notes that we play are something that that family and those loved ones will always connect with the fallen. And every time they hear taps for the rest of their lives, they will, that, that gives them a chance to remember, to pause and remember the person that they loved that served. Um, as a classically trained musician, we're kind of programmed, you know, you want to play this trumpet concerto, you want to play this symphony, and these are the things that, you know, you, my, playing Mahler too is going to have this deep emotional impact on the audience. I sound taps, pro, I mean, probably at least a thousand times a year. I mean, in a given year, I'd say between 800 and 1,000 times I'll play taps. Every time I play taps, there are 20 to 50 people listening. So every time those 24 notes come out of my instrument, I'm communicating to those, those people. I'm either developing a relationship for them between that sound and their loved one or playing that song and reminding them of their loved one. part of the reason what we do at the tomb is so special, the tomb of the unknowns represents so much more than one specific person. Um, The tomb of the unknowns, to me, the tomb of the unknowns represents every soldier that didn't come home. Um, When we have the honor of sounding taps at the tomb, we are sounding taps over every single one of those soldiers. It is, it's is—it's so much bigger than one person. And people can go to that space and remember and honor a loved one that they lost, a loved one that never came home. Um, but it's one of the few spaces where you can get 100 people in a space all remembering 100 different people, all honing in on one specific moment, which is this wreath-laying ceremony that we do. its It's really... It's amazing. I mean, it's, it is extremely, extremely powerful. My grandfather passed away about three or four years ago. And my grandfather served in the Coast Guard during World War II. Um, and when he passed away, I, I hadn't been, I hadn't joined the army yet. I was still in school. Um, my, I wanna say it was my great uncle. A family member Presented a flag to my grandmother at the gravesite, in in honor of my grandfather's service, and it was something that we never really. It wasn't a big deal as a family. It wasn't. We. I mean, he talked about it occasionally, but yeah, it just wasn't a big deal. And it was probably the most emotional part of the service, uh, of of the the, the funeral. Um, was watching my grandmother receive the flag and and watching. Yeah, just that experience, I think about that a lot. I think about that moment anytime that I'm in the cemetery or performing a funeral or performing any sort of a ceremony where I'm signing taps. If I'm in a mental space where I can't quite put away what I've got going on, I try to just really think about that moment because it was – it still is like one of the more profound things I've experienced, and it was – now, being now in, in the military, thinking back on that, it was so much bigger than I understood at the time. You know, you I just saw it and was like, wow, that's really cool. That was really, wow, that was heavy. And then you really get into the thick of it and it's like, oh my goodness, like that was massive.
0: Yeah. Closing things up, I asked Craig to talk about his experience with basic training. This show, Weld Found, is really about belonging to community, connecting in this age of division. Craig is familiar with these stories showcased here, and he wanted to speak to how refreshing it was for him to find a common mission, driving the community building experience in basic training. So I'll leave us here in a moment with his final thoughts, but let me first say this. When I think about the year that we've had, a pandemic, a crisis of race, a tumultuous election, an economic crisis, when I think about the closing of this year, maybe even hearing the song Taps in my head, I also immediately start thinking about 2021, the dawn of the new year. Friends, when it comes to building community, repairing broken lines, especially across political lines, when it comes to really localizing and strengthening this community for the common good in all the ways that we can, there's a lot of work to be done. And I don't want to say this out loud. I'm thankful for you all. And I look forward to doing this work together. Here's Craig with final thoughts on the Army basic training and community. The Army, in general, to me,
1: and my understanding of it, is that you are a small group of people within a larger group of people within a larger group of people. And at your small group of people level, you have a job and a mission that you have to achieve. And the mission comes first. The mission is the single most important thing, whatever that may be in that moment. You are in a small group of people that you probably don't agree with. You probably disagree with fundamentally at least half of those people. You probably don't get along with some of those people, That you may have huge personality conflicts with some of those people. You have a mission that has to be accomplished learning basic training teaches you extremely quickly how to put aside your personal issues your personal feelings complaints whatever your even like your personal pains and anguishes all of that how to completely and totally compartmentalize that to work as a team to complete a goal from getting up in the morning and having your beds, having every single one of your beds made the same way at the same time, to being on the drill pad at the right time, to completing your PT session, to eating breakfast at a certain point. Every single regimented portion of the day has to be accomplished as a unit. If one person doesn't complete that goal, nobody completes that goal. If, if one person doesn't graduate at the end of basic training, everybody has failed. At least to me, when I was going through the process, that was my mentality. Um, it's extremely refreshing, honestly. It's extremely refreshing to be in a position where I can not only choose to, but I'm encouraged to put aside my differences and my opinions because there is a mission that needs to be accomplished. And I think we could all learn a little bit from that these days because it's, it is so easy to only be on a team with people that agree with you. And you can't really accomplish much in that world. It, it the basic the basic training experience I had was I was 28 when I went through basic training. Um I was in basic training with people who were 17. I was in basic training with people that were 11 years younger. Than me. Like to think, to really and that was I was in basic training also people that were 7 or 8 years older than me. people that were 33 34. Some of these soldiers come from broken homes from from orphanages from i mean from any type of walk of life from loving families from from supportive wealthy families i mean everybody there is different and you can't care you can't you you don't have time there isn't time in the day to vacillate on who someone voted for there isn't time in the day to vacillate on you know how do you feel about social issues because the mission needs to be accomplished the goal needs to be achieved and it it has to get done. It taught me a lot about teamwork and a lot about how much can be accomplished when when, when you approach things with the right mental space and with the right amount of um, attention paid to the actual important things and lack of attention paid to the seemingly unimportant things.
0: Thank you to Craig Bassrich sharing his thoughts and trumpet playing with us today. Special thanks to Dave Farrell, a professor at Ames Community College for extra help with sound engineering this episode. As always, thank you to the Weld Community Foundation for making this show possible. Here's a last reminder. If you're hearing this show before December 8th, you can give to a nonprofit of your choice for Colorado Gives Day. Head to weldcogives.org right now and make it happen. You've been listening to Weld Found. Please like us on social medias, rate this podcast on iTunes, share us with a friend. Again, thanks for listening.